the FPC Paris podcast, where we explore intersectional feminism through literature. Today I'm talking to Tasneem, a bookstagrammer from London. For any of you who may not be familiar with the term, a bookstagrammer is someone with an influential opinion who posts exclusively about books on their Instagram account. I've been following Tasneem for a moment now, so it was wonderful to sit down and have a chat with her about reading more black British authors, how she likes to work with publishing houses, some of her recommended reads, as well as some of her favourite indie publishers. So grab yourself a hot drink and enjoy our chat. Welcome to the FBC Paris podcast. It's such a delight to have you with us. Hello. Thank you for having me. It's very good. <laughs> oh, of course. No, it's it's our pleasure. I've been wanting to chat to you for a while. We'll get into it. Like, I'm basically a big fan. <laughs> so I'm talking to you from Paris, which is currently under curfew. So we are... As we both know, we're living in strange times. Just for the purposes of um, any listeners who might not be following you on Instagram, could you maybe just tell us about yourself in a few words? So my name is Tasneem. I am um, based in London and I um, I guess you would call me a bookstagrammer. But basically, I just talk a lot about books, um, primarily on Instagram um, at Reads and Reveries or at reads dot and dot reveries. <laughs> um. We were just having a chat about kind of our respective cities and how covered uh, covered has affected um, where we live. You also work in, in the the healthcare sector, um, so I imagine it's been quite the challenging year for you um, and your colleagues. So I'm guessing that books have provided a great outlet for you. Could you maybe just talk a little bit on that? Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things I probably could have said when I was talking about me is that um, I I do. I work. So I work in London as a speech and language therapist. So my job is based in a hospital here. Um, and I work with patients who have um, difficulties primarily with the swallowing and with communication as well. So the year has seen a lot of um, COVID patients mm. and a lot and a lot of just general um stress so yeah books have definitely kind of as I feel like they always have been for me but books have definitely been like a bit of an escape and just the perfect distraction in a lot of ways I am yeah I don't want to count how many books I've kind of bought or acquired (laughs) over the last few months um I just think it's best if we don't put a number to it but yeah they've definitely been like a um yeah a bit of a source of refuge I think Absolutely. And you mentioned, you know, I mean, I, I would refer to you as a bookstagrammer. And so um, I imagine that that community, because I feel like you do have a really engaged community, you do have a really active community. Um, so I imagine that is also an example of one of the nicer sides of Instagram and social media that sometimes we can forget about because, you know, there's a lot of not so cool stuff that goes on as well but I feel like you're really an example and the bookstagram community at large is a really kind of friendly space to be yeah, yeah. I mean it's it's interesting because I, I think for obvious reasons a lot of areas of the internet have a terrible reputation um, yeah. um and can be quite problematic and obviously bookstagram isn't without that we are people but of course as a like as a general community an area of the internet like you just have some very like you know smart um genuinely nice 
people who are just really engaged with books and engage with each other and um, kind of the content that people are producing and um, just generally seem quite like thoughtful and considerate and mm. yeah, just a good, it's just really, you know, it's a community full of really, really nice people. Um, yeah. I don't think that I have encountered anyone to make me think otherwise, which is saying something, I think. Yeah, um, no, that I mean, you know, again, as we were kind of saying before we started recording, any kind of positivity that we can, you know, bring into our life or, or keep in our lives right now is really to be appreciated and um, yeah, celebrated. Like these are joyful moments. One one great thing, I think it was perhaps how I came across you was um, the the reading Black Britain hashtag that you started. Um, like, what prompted you to start that and? How would you say it's changed your reading habits um, for the better or, or maybe it hasn't? I'd love to, to hear a bit more about that. So I think, so for me, anything that I do or any kind of like initiative or just whatever it is, it tends to come from like me looking at my own habits and my own reading and thinking yeah. like, okay, what do I want to read more of? Or what do I kind of want to learn more about? And then kind of considering then, you know, maybe other people might be interested in that as well. So like, how can I like draw other people into it? So it's never a thing of being like, people aren't reading enough of this, like read more. <laughs> and I'm I'm going to be your source. It's just, it's more like, oh, hold on a second. Like, what do I want to read more of? So mm. um, 20 is my second full year um, on Bookstagram. 2019 um, was the first. So in 2019, I was really keen to read. Yeah. So I think I, I started my account kind of properly in 2018 um but like a good few months into the year I kind of I think probably the second half of the year so yeah so in 2019 I was kind of really keen to read more non-fiction so I was like do you know what I'm gonna create a hashtag my non-fiction 19 I want to read at least 19 works of non-fiction over the year um and then kind of like other people really got on board and they were doing a similar thing and it was like oh do you know what this is really cool like I'm doing it, people are doing it, I can see what they're reading and kind of get like ideas from them. Um, yeah. So when it came to kind of coming up to 2020, again, I was just thinking, okay, well, what might I like to read more of? And obviously there was a lot m more talk recently about books by Black British authors. Um, obviously yeah. last year you had, you know, Bernadine Evaristo won the Booker Prize and she was the first, you know, Black woman, but also black British women to win it which is shocking and appalling and <laughs> yeah like yes but it's very much like at last like yeah. finally because one of the things I was thinking around sort of that time or kind of middle of last year um we were seeing you know like Bernie Neverstead's books but also books like you know Queenie was huge they were like all of a sudden you had these these books bestseller lists by you know new and upcoming up-and-coming black British authors but in my mind also just like yeah but when you think of works by black authors generally I feel like a lot of people tend to gravitate towards black American authors and you know for me I was like yeah but Bernadine Evaristo has like you said an entire body of work that people are now only going to discover 40 years into her career because she's now finally won the Booker Prize so I'm, I was just like a lot of it was me thinking okay so what are we not talking about like what are these yeah. works talking about and who are these writers and authors that we're not looking at and whose work we're not looking at both up and coming and also you know established and established authors I kind of was looking at the books that I'd read last year and there were quite a few black British authors and I was like cool and then I was like well 
what where you know where are the others who else would I like to read what books yeah. would I like to, to kind of get hold of um so yeah and then I kind of just thought okay this year I really want us to talk more about black British authors so yeah at the start of the year I kind of said look here's a hashtag reading black Britain 2020 um the idea is that you just and there's never any like set thing with it it's literally like look here is the hashtag if you if you look at it you'll then just find hopefully recommendations and inspiration and yeah direction because I think that's the thing as well like there are thousands there are well millions of books out there mm. and really hard people who you know aren't necessarily like always always thinking about books like to know where to go or you know who yeah. who whose work might I like who might I like to read and and I think sometimes having the place where you can say look all the work here is by black British authors black British authors like who who um who are you interested in and what you're interested in hearing about and I think for me as well as someone who is black and British um I love it I love kind of thinking okay well what's out there like and this is a familiar environment for me you know if you think about black authors from wherever else in the world it's great and it's you know this wonderful thing to kind of like read their experiences and um read of like those worlds and those cultures and those environments but when someone has written a book that takes place like around the corner from where you live there's it it's adds something to it and to that experience and I think people then kind of think okay well black British people like there is an entire I mean there are cultures and in in, in some ways a culture but there are cultures here like there is so much going on there is a black British experience so what is it immigrants and the children of immigrants are keeping the NHS afloat and my family and my family is not unique like we're not special we're just one of many who are now just generations into having you know having worked for the National Health Service um and you know my grandparents and in this case my my great aunt who came here and worked here as a nurse um they would be now we have a term you know now we call them like the Windrush generation but ultimately the UK needed help and and where they could and they're still we're still doing that to this day we're still doing it because we don't have trained here to keep up with the demand we don't have the doctors we don't have it so it's it's interesting because I think well that's a perspective we're not going to get if we keep looking to America um we're not gonna yeah um and I think you know the history of of black people in this country is 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 long it is long and it is um and it's longer than we think you know we talk about Windrush generation now because now we're talking about it but it's it's pre-Windrush this isn't this isn't a new thing so it's like oh hold on people don't like conversations where the UK is called out because this is a country that likes to wave the flag and likes to talk about, you know, how amazing, how amazing, um, you know, Great Britain is. And, you know, but I'm like, on the back of, on whose back? On whose back yes. was your built your wealth built? Who, who, who suffered for that? And if we're not willing yeah. to... How, how was it acquired? Yeah. And essentially you're just erasing, like, the experiences of so many people in, this, in the UK from so many backgrounds as well, because the, 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 the issue with being such a colonizer is that you're then, you know, people from African countries, people from the Caribbean, people from um, mm. countries, various countries in Asia as well. We're talking Southeast Asia, East, wherever. Like, it's gonna, mm. it's impacted everybody. And so, mm. if we're not kind of willing to then look and say, okay, what do we have here? How is Britain? How? Why does it look the way it does? Like, 
we talk about immigrants and stuff, but actually if you look around, like how many of us will say, no, I was born here. No, I, I'm, I'm second, th third generation. How many generations deep into living in this country? You know, you look at me and see an immigrant or a child of immigrants or a grandchild of immigrants, but that's only because I'm black and something then suggests that I'm not from here. But yeah, does that mean for, for white immigrants? Does that mean that you just kind of don't look in the same in the same way? So it's, I think for me, it's just like no, it is important that we look at these stories. And Bookstagram's great for that because you have people who look at their own lived experiences and their own histories and their own um, their own kind of viewpoint, and they think, look, 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 there is a wealth of literature here. Like it's all here. It's here. And if the government doesn't talk about it and schools can't talk about it writers are authors are like the work is here so yeah learn for yourself there is some learning that needs to be done and we can't just depend on government and schools and whatever to give you information that's readily available it's first yeah completely um, agree with you and you know um it was making me think of um kind of in terms of you know diversity within publishing and I always kind of think of um Charmaine Charmaine Lovegrove who is um head of dialogue books yeah. um and she's kind of been on my radar and really been like a, kind of someone I really look up to and admire so much and she's you know you you think of you know thank goodness there's a Rennie Edo Lodge Thank goodness there's a Charmaine. Thank goodness there's a, a, a Bernadine, you know, and each one with their own different experience. There has always been this thing where, and in, and in some ways I don't know if why people always look, if this is why people always look to America, but there's something about black trauma in this case and people just being like, almost can't get enough of it. And I find that quite, for me, I find it a little bit disturbing. I'm like, the writing is brilliant, but can we, can we, can we also have like the romance can we also have you know the young people who are literally just living and trying to like exist and just just having like just what is that day-to-day -day experience what does that look like and without saying we're not going to talk about what it is to be a black person or a person of color in a certain situation but by saying that this is part of who you are and this is also what you're doing and this is also what your yeah. life looks like yeah. this is also yeah. how you're how you're living and I, I feel like if we're talking about the UK in particular, young yeah. uh, white British authors have been given that space. They've been given that space to essentially talk about, you know, the most ordinary of of, of things. Um, mm. We talk. We look at the success of books like Normal People, and there, and it's like, okay, great. That's a story about these two people, and you're literally just in their heads, and you're just going along with the story. But when was the last time you read? a book by a black or a non-white author that was just allowed to be people just living. And I, I I do think that this is something that we're seeing more of. And there's a book that I'm reading now, which is due to be published in February. And I'm reading it and I'm like, oh, it is, it's just like, so well, um, I've got it here. So what is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? <laughs> don't worry, don't worry, I'm gonna tell you. Um <laughs> Open Water by Caleb Azuma Nelson. Um Ooh and Ooh. I was completely 
I think I heard about it maybe a few months ago and it was started doing the rounds a little bit with people saying, oh, this is coming out next year. And I know a few of us on, on Bookstagram and especially like those of us who are black and British. And the cover has obviously, you've got a black man and a black woman um, on the cover. And it's just very like striking. Yeah. And we're like, oh, what is this? What is this? What is this? <laughs> um, Antennas definitely like pricked up right away. <laughs> you may go, uh, okay, when are we going to start to see this book? And um, I it arrived last week and I thought I would hold off a little bit, but I couldn't. So I started reading yeah. it yesterday. <laughs> and um, I was like, okay, so this, this is what we've kind of previously not always been able to have. And especially not here in the UK where you have this unnamed young um, black man, this young black woman, and you know, they are creative and they've both received um, scholarships to private schools. Again, these are very, these are experiences, very like common experiences. Yeah. Um, and they are best friends, but there's, they're also kind of falling in love with each other. But there's also, there are various complications around it. And then, and then there is the element of what it is to be a black man, a black British man, and what it does mean to be stopped and searched by the police for absolutely doing nothing. And there is, but there's also conversations around vulnerability. And you have a young black man who's crying on the kitchen floor. Like, you think to yourself, yes, yes. And then you have someone going, I have no idea how to, how to make sense of this relationship and what's going on between the two of us. And these are such ordinary things you know yeah um, yeah and they can yes be impacted by 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 your race and that experience but that is your viewpoint so yes let's that needs to be in the story but it's not the story yes you know people, absolutely young people finding finding their way except finding your way if you're a young black person in this country is different to finding your way if you're a young white person in this country and yeah that is what we're seeing more of and we need to see more of and the thing is as well is that you don't have to like every single one of these stories no one does like no one does no one likes everything that they read but it's and I think sometimes the problem with having is that almost there's this pressure for books by um you know minority authors it's like if if you're not successful that means that no other book is going to be so there's a this this idea that you know you almost have to prove a point to read these books you know, just hearing you that, I really feel like Queenie um, was kind of it, it kind of pushed that forward, that kind of joyful fiction forward. And I know another kind of indie publishing house that we, we've spoken about on Instagram and that's doing great work is Jacaranda. And um, <laughs> I think you bought all of their books. <laughs> we're getting there I talk about them a lot because I think so so if we take certain books and we look at their success I think there's something to be said for um marketing and coming from a, a bigger publishing house and yeah. what that means for your success and if we look at books like Queenie some people loved Queenie some people didn't like Queenie so much fine but Queenie had some serious marketing behind it like yeah, how many it how many it colors it? how many colors like did that <laughs> those book covers like, a gold edition right so that is that's 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 some serious pushing and some serious money and some serious energy that has gone into promoting that book which I think you know aside from the story itself and the demand for it and people some people seeing themselves in it etc cetera, etc cetera, that's definitely helped it go um the way that it has um but with Jacaranda, it's really interesting for me because so so this year, Jacaranda Books, independent publisher, yeah. um, 
they set out to publish 20 um, books by black British, black British authors. So this was something that was announced, I think, last year. Um, and we're supposed to be obviously this big thing now. Obviously, COVID has happened. And all of these things you would have planned to kind of promote things kind of get thrown. Um, I mean, the whole, it kind of gets thrown under a bus a little bit. So for me, I feel like I mention it a lot because I think it's really important that like these authors, and I think many of them um, are debut authors, yeah. don't, like their works don't fly under the radar because they don't have the same, like the same push and they don't have the same marketing and they don't mm. have, you know, I really think like, because there is some incredible work, like there is something, and I, I am convinced there's something there for everybody because you literally have romance and then you have crime fiction and then you have poetry and I'm like is there anything else like there is so much there um and written like written so well um and I just think it's an incredible thing to say do you know what this hasn't been done before but this work is here the work is here the writers are here so we are going to publish them and I think the reality is that as readers we do have I don't think I don't necessarily think it's a responsibility but I think we have the ability to push certain books forward um, and to make people more aware of certain books. And um, Jack Randall is one of those ones for me where I think these authors are just doing incredible things. And I don't know, I'd hate people to like not be aware of them and not be like, look, look what's, look what's going on here. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And how I first came across Jack um was um, completely by chance. And I think that speaks to what what you've just said there about, you know, marketing. How much money do you have marketing? If something like COVID happens, things get sacrificed or there's no much mo- there's no money or there's much less money. So the first one that I read, um, and I think I've read two and I'm partway through um, a third one. So if I don't have you by Sarita Domingo was kind of the first one that I read and I was looking for something that was just a bit lighter I just was like Dude, look I need something that is isn't heavy isn't going to stress me out isn't going to make me miserable I need something that so, so so that is a it's a romance between a black British woman and um, an Afro-Brazilian man he's a filmmaker she's an artist um, and they kind of have this kind of love at first sight situation which then various complications etc etc but it's a romance so you kind of know it's going to end well like there are no (laughs) yay um, but I was just like oh I really enjoy like I really really enjoyed it and part of that being you know she felt like a such a black British Londoner like she just felt like one and the romance was so believable and you just like really rooted for the two of them and you just I just I flew through that book in like all of two seconds um, and I was in a much happier place, like having read it. So I'm always just like, oh, just go read that. Um, and then I finished over the weekend, Deadly Sacrifice, which now I am somebody, so it's by Stella Oni, and I'm yeah. somebody who doesn't really read crime. I can't tell you when I last. Really? Okay. It's not your thing. One, it's not really, I just don't really gravitate towards it, but as with most things, like I never rule it out. I just feel like it's just not where I, it's not where I go. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, totally get that. But I like I saw it, and um, 
I was just like, okay, do you know what? We're going to do this. We're going to give this a go. Fine. And I loved it. I loved it. And I'm slightly annoyed that I'm going to have to wait till like 2022 for like the next book because she's, it's going to be a series. So there's the detective, Tox Ade is, um, and I think, I believe she's the first, either first black or first black British, maybe first black female detective in like a, in a, in fiction and definitely in, in crime fiction. And, um, that feels like another Bernadine Evaristo only won the Booker Prize last year moment. Okay. Um, yeah, so it's just, I another one that I was just like, I started it and then I just didn't really want to put it down. So I was like, I need to know where this is going, like what's going to happen here. Um, and it kind of is this, this detective Poxado, she is Nigerian or maybe British Nigerian. Um, mm-hmm. she, this is kind of like her first case as a detective. And they come across these, like the the, the hands of a child. So they just like, they're bushes or something. So you kind of then go into this whole thing of, um, okay, what does this mean? What are we looking at here? What kind of ritual sacrifice has taken place? Who is responsible for this? What is going on? Um, and kind of see like this whole story of trying to figure this thing out as more and more body parts just start appearing around London. Yeah. And so for me, <laughs> that I would have been like, hold on a second. <laughs> you know. <laughs> child body parts just turning up in London and I'm supposed to be like, what? But, but I, I did, I read it and I flew through it. Um, and similarly, like I didn't find it, you know, obviously it's not the nicest thing, but I didn't find it particularly stressful to read. I was just a bit like, what is going to happen here? Um, and so now I'm just like, yeah, people read it. Even if you don't think you read crime, like read it. Um, okay. and so yeah, that's like another one that I'm a little bit obsessed with. Um, and then I feel like the first memoir, and I'm, I'm very, very early on in reading it, um, but Are We Home Yet by Katie Massey. Um, and I think this is going to be the first of the Jacaranda memoirs that I've read. Um, oh. But I really, really like her perspective. So she, I believe, I think I'm right in, in thinking that she is Northern. So obviously there is that thing of Black British writing and how much of it is London centric. Yeah, so true. I mean, it's not it's not wrong. It's not to say there's too much out there, but it, it tends yeah. to be focused on London so um, I really like the fact that obviously Jack Randa isn't necessarily all concentrated or focused on London but yeah this is just her so I'll read I mean I'll read the blurb because I haven't read enough of it to like say much about it but um as a girl Katie accidentally discovers her mother is earning money as a sex worker at the family home rupturing their bond as an adult Katie contends with grief and mental health challenges before she and her mother attempt to heal their relationship From Canada to Leeds and Jamaica and exploring shame, immigration and class, the pair share their stories but struggle to understand each other's choices in a fast-changing world. Oh my gosh, and that's memoir. (laughs) Okay, so I see in a lot of your stories that you are responsible for people buying loads of books. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) I am one of your victims too and I just know I'm gonna go and buy books after this conversation so yay. I very very much have a what goes around comes around mentality because I am like very much I'm subject to that from other people so if if that's the influence I have I'm like fine I'll take it um because I influence to have (laughs) there are some people who literally whisper a book's title and I'm like yep yep I need it (laughs) I need to read it now um, just a clicking of keys like on the keyboard and you're just like what yeah no ordered it's good it's fine it's fine 
So yesterday, I saw someone did this. They shared a book on their stories. Sarah, Books and Rhymes, like brilliant podcast. She also does these really, really great literary ancestry sessions on Instagram Live. Okay. Um, so she kind of shares various books through there. And I bought so many as a result of her influence. But yesterday on her stories, <laughs> she shared, she shared, um, oh God, is it called Black Ink? I can't even remember what it's called. This is how terrible it is. But she shared it. It's this anthology. And I was just like, oh my gosh, she shared the contents. And I was like, uh, what is this? Within five minutes. Within five minutes. I <laughs> Is that a record? Is that a new record? Are you looking to break the record before the end of the year? I was like, Tasneem, what did you just do? And I was like, do you know what? I'm not even sorry. But yeah, so people say things like, you've made me buy this. I'm like, well, so-and-so made me do it. (laughs) Totally. Or like, this is going to come around. You're going to make me buy something one day. But hey, um, no, it's fantastic. I mean, I'm definitely not complaining. Um, So, but, but... On a more serious note, like you do read an incredible amount. <laughs> um, maybe you don't feel like that because I imagine that your like pile of books to read is just never ending. But from where I'm standing, scrolling through Instagram, I'm just like, how does she do it? Because, you know, you do have a demanding job. Um, is, is there kind of boring question from from the book club person here but like do you plan kind of ahead or do you just like pick up what you feel like and just go with the flow I'm very much like a a mood reader if I'm not in the mood to read but if I'm not in the mood to read a certain kind of book we're not going to get on well and I know from past experience that that could ruin that could ruin a book for me because I'm like trying to force my way through it when the mood just isn't like where it needs to be so no I very much I don't plan what I read. I mean, sometimes like I think to myself, okay, do you know what? I have this book and it's going to be published at some point in the next few weeks. I really like to read it like, you know, some point soon. Um, Mm -hmm. So I always kind of have that in the back of my mind. Like, are there books that I do want to read um, and a rough idea of when I might want to read them? Mm -hmm. Sometimes and sometimes that doesn't. And I think what works for me is the fact that I don't, I don't ever put that pressure on myself that I need to read a certain book by a certain time or, that I have to do something because as soon as I think that I have to do something it makes me not want to do it so it just like for me it's very much like what am I in the mood to read and then I'll 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 uh, gravitate towards that and I definitely think that that it helps like I don't know if there are people who kind of think like oh I, I want to read more or I you know for me like the first thing is always like are you reading what you want to read because if you aren't, you're kind of like putting yourself through an unnecessarily hellish experience because like, you know, one, not every book is for you, but not every book is for you at, at, every, at, at any given time. Like sometimes yeah. there's a book and I think sometimes if I gravitate towards a book, it usually works out well for me because it means that that was something that I wanted or needed to read at that time. Um, yeah. So, yeah, no, I can't, I, I can't plan out of what I'm going to read. I mean, I'm very admirative of people who do and who stick to it because that like obviously works for them. But I definitely understand or relate to you when you kind of say you can't force it. And because reading is such a pleasure, even if you are someone who reads with a view to reviewing or kind of like having some kind of analysis, you've got to still find the pleasure in it. Um, So I'm, I'm kind of... 
I don't know what to say. I don't want to say I'm relieved, but like I, I, I love having insight into your process and that it's it's kind of like go with the flow and what kind of speaks to you. That's really nice. What you were saying just now about, kind of, um, you know, potentially sometimes wanting to read certain books at a certain time. So, you know, maybe this month you want to read Black British authors or Latinx authors. I think it is that thing as well of being like, of thinking there is so much work out there that surely yeah. there is something that I will gravitate towards that that fulfills that criteria and so for me you know it always comes down to okay if I want to read more works by you know black British authors am I what am I in the mood for so do I want something that is really really dense do I want something that's gonna like you know that I'm gonna learn something from do I want something historical do I want something lighter and then it's kind of making sure that there's something that I'm aware of something that kind of meets that criteria for me yeah but ultimately and I think you know even if I think it helps me that I don't, when I'm reading, I don't always think, like, even then I don't think, oh, I'm reading this with a view to reviewing it, because I feel like if I put that on myself, that I'm going to have to review every single book that I read, which I don't, <laughs> which I don't, yeah. um, then I I kind of approach the book differently, like, you know, yeah, mm. I kind of notes and I'll tab things and I'll kind of mark things that I think are particularly relevant or interesting, Um but I, uh, I think if I had this thing in my head that every single book that I read, I needed to review, it would kind of change. Yeah, it would very much change, <laughs> like reading generally. So in my mind, I'm like, I don't have to review it. That helps me. Like, I don't have to review it. If someone asks me, like, and, you know, people see me read a book and they're like, oh, you know, I haven't seen a review for it, but what are your thoughts on it? More than happy. It's a lot. And, you know, some people are, oh, my God. I look at them and I'm like, you have literally every single book you have read, you have reviewed and the turnaround is somehow incredibly quick whereas I'm just like mm, yeah <laughs> I'll review them when I'm yeah. Does it, do you have a team of people like reading these books for you like is there some secret that we can't see like what is going on here? how how many eyes do you have <laughs> <laughs> I don't want I don't want specifically like bookstagram for me I don't ever I don't I know some people will share the book and share a review whether they loved it hated it or anything in between um for me it's more about sharing books that I want to talk about and that I want to recommend and that I I I kind of want to encourage people to read because I just think not every book is for everybody but if I say something and it kind of comes back to what you said about you know people buying or borrowing or acquiring books based off of my recommendation like I don't similarly don't want to put people off um off of reading a book because I didn't necessarily get on with it I don't want to be like I didn't really like this and then turn readers off who actually might love it that to me isn't my responsibility so it's more just like you know what if if I'm compelled to share this book and I have thoughts on it and I you know appreciated it and this is the value that I think it has then I'll share that so for me it's very much concentrating my efforts on sharing books that I that I have enjoyed and that I think other people would enjoy and that's not to say I won't say this bit maybe didn't work for me but my overall um kind of opinion of of a book I prefer it to be like I would recommend this and not kind of just just like I don't know for me a writer has put a lot of work into something and whether I like it or not somebody will I mean reading is incredibly subjective and personal isn't it I mean if you have a conversation with one other person or a group of people about the same book people will you know often or most of the time come at it with different 
different ideas, different interpretations. So yeah, I, I, what you say makes total sense and it sounds kind of very responsible and considered. I'm quite aware that people's opinions of a book, like there are books that should be read by so many more people, but if you look at the reviews for them, mm. they don't tell you that because the perspective of the person reading it, they just potentially haven't got it. They haven't grasped it. Maybe it wasn't for them. Like, you know. Yeah, there's irresponsible reviewers, right? Like There is very irresponsible reviewing sometimes. And I don't mean specifically on bookstagram, I mean generally. No, 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 in general, yeah. You go on Goodreads and you see like a book's rated like two stars and I'm like, hold on a minute. (laughs) What is your criticism here? What is it that you're saying? Um, So I think, yeah, there is a responsibility sometimes in a way. For the most part, I actually don't think, I can't think of like a book that I've hated so far this this year um you know some I've loved more than others but I don't think there's one that I've been like oh my gosh and I think that partly comes from knowing knowing like yourself and how you read and what you're drawn to yeah And, and like you say potentially put someone off or just put like that negativity out there into that space you know um and so I suppose that's something that you're um that you're probably really honest then you're probably honest about with publishers because I imagine uh especially since you hit 10k and they've got your swipe up link which you are putting to such good use I love it um so I imagine how's how's that like how's working with publishers for you so obviously that that was a when I kind of joined Bookstagram. When I started sharing books on Instagram, that wasn't like a. Thing. I was like, oh right, this is something that happens. Like publish it, right? Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Well, this is kind of cool. Um, but then I realized fairly early on that I needed to have my own like boundaries and criteria with yeah. that. First and foremost, like my thing is always, am I interested in this book? So have I heard about it before? And I would was going to buy it as soon as it was published, or you know, had plans to read it. Cool. Um, had I not but actually it sounds right up my street and sometimes publishers are really great in terms of being like I've seen your Instagram I've seen the kind of books that you do like to read I thought maybe you would like this Um, and some right on the money and other times they're not in which case you'll say actually do you know what on this occasion um, I don't think that one's for me or I actually don't have the capacity to review that book as interesting as I I think it is I just don't be able to and I think a lot of it is just being quite upfront in the sense of saying do you know what thanks for offering to send it this is this is what I feel like I can and can't do I never want and for me it comes down to the fact that I don't I don't work for a publisher like I don't really want to have an account that is literally just like gifted book after gifted book um and like sponsored post and you know for me I don't I don't I don't want that I don't see like the attraction and I just kind of see like pressure whereas there will always be times and especially like this year like I never know what I'm going to be in the mood to read. I never know when I'm going to be in the mood to review something. So it's something that I'm very upfront about. But for me, I'm like, yeah. well, I like the book, so I want to share the book. So I think, yeah, it becomes, I think the whole of Bookstagram generally, there needs to be more conversations. I think they do happen in certain spaces around what is your role in the publishing machine and how happy are you with it? And how willing are you to kind of play into that? I have some, you know, I've not had any kind of particularly negative experiences with publishers and I've got to know some, you know, really like great ones over the years um, and individuals in publishing. But I think 
there is something to be said for I'm not your I'm not anyone's advertising tool like I'm, I'm not yeah. do that and I I personally don't take issue with sponsorship in and of itself but I think it's about more being mindful of okay well what is it I'm, I'm literally all for go get like go get your coin like if you're doing something that is genuine and feels real and representative of, of you and what you read then cool but if I see like you're just we're all just sharing books that literally isn't what you seem to read normally or you've not really mentioned or that 10 months down the line you still haven't read or looked at or looked towards then I'm like oh that seems a bit it seems a bit iffy so yeah I think there's a responsibility there and I I think ultimately publishers know publishers know like this is a tool bookstagram is a is a is a pretty useful tool if what it takes is you to send a book to somebody and then they're gonna like put it all over the place so they're going to continue to use that as long as it's a viable option for them so I think on an individual level it's up to us to be thinking okay hold on hold on a second like and especially for like for me like if someone is going to buy or borrow or whatever you know acquire a book based on the fact that I've shared it or recommended it I don't take that lightly (laughs) like that's not a small thing for me um absolutely yeah (laughs) I love how you're just like nope don't want that pressure on my shoulders and I just I can't guarantee that anyone's going to like a book that I've shared but if it comes from a place of me having genuinely loved it and recommended it and you love it great and if you don't well that's cool because we're all individuals and you might not like what I like but I recommended it from a place of you know genuine recommendation absolutely I mean it's so it so speaks you know to to me and I think it's very easy to get caught up in kind of like the Instagram machine and you know there's a reason why influencers are kind of called influencers but but ultimately as as you've said you know it's about being mindful and it's about being responsible and it's about seeing or thinking like well what am I contributing to the conversation here if there's already kind of several reviews on this super hyped book then I don't think I need to step in and talk about this one I would rather talk about something that is getting less you know press it's like where kind of like how you you think of your the hashtags that you you kind of want to create for for a community purpose it's just like but everyone's already got a range of opinions on this book so I'm conscious of time like I don't want to take your whole evening Um, and we've had such wonderful uh, book recommendations from you so I just wondered if maybe to kind of finish up and we could hear from you uh, Tasneem about um, perhaps books that you're a little bit like open water that are on your radar that are going to be released and that you're excited about that you think we should hear about. So I have as much as as much as I I feel like in a lot of ways I've got more access to kind of knowing what's coming up and stuff a lot of me in some ways I've been like don't talk to me too much about 2021 right now because I'm still trying to figure out 2020. (laughs) Yeah we've still got a couple of months left in this year we've got to get through yeah. I think I think um, so yeah I haven't I haven't yet and it's something that I'm planning to do in the next couple of weeks is to try and like seek out a lot of um, kind of 2021 because I had I had um, several books that were very much on my radar for 2020 that I was kind of just like counting down um, to like their publications. So um, like the, I talk about Jennifer Nansbuga Mukumbi all the time. I mention her name all the time, but um, okay. she, 
Ugandan author. She's based in Manchester, and she, um, her third book, the first woman, the first woman was published. Oh, I've lost track of months now, but in last couple of months, and that yeah. was I was just waiting, like waiting for. <laughs> like just just hurry up, like, hurry up. Um, and I would just like recommend it across the board. Books like uh, Against the Loveless World by Susan Abelhawa. Susan Abelhawa is a Palestinian American author. Um, and again, similarly, that was her third novel. Um, and okay. just again, I think books on the Palestinian experience are like crucial, crucial that I think we all have a broader understanding of what that lived experience is to this day. Um, and we look to yeah. Palestinian authors and, and authors of Palestinian heritage to kind of to kind of give us that perspective. And she she's just brilliant. Like her three books, um, Morning in Mornings in Janine, The Blue Between Sky and Water and Against the Loveless World are three are just absolutely fantastic and they will break you. Okay. Especially the first two, they'll break Thanks. Incredible. thanks for the heads up thank you we will share responsibly prepare yourself prepare yourself because i have the tissues and the chocolate i was not ready um, they are so worth reading okay 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 um, and then for me an author kind of discovery for me this year was um leonie ross who is a um jamaican british author and uh She's got a short story collection, Come Let Us Sing Anyway, which I just think is fantastic. It's more like her writing. I'm just, I'm very, I'm kind of in awe of her, her, her the writing itself and her ability to kind of tell a story and craft a story. Um, but her, she's got a novel coming out with Baber, I think in April, but that could be wrong. I think it's called, is it This One Sky Day or something like that? Okay. I'm going to find it. But yeah, that for me is one that I am completely just... On your radar some fantastic um recommendations kind of what's on your radar for 2021 as much as we just kind of don't believe it will happen well listen thank you so much um for sharing your thoughts your insights um i can't believe i've spoken to a bookstagram influencer (laughs) (laughs) my my life has changed No, I've, I've, I've absolutely loved it. And I feel like we kind of, right, like, we need to have a follow-up session um, next year, if yeah. next year ever happens. Yeah. Because we didn't even get to talk about your short story obsession. And, oh, my God, yeah. You oh, know, and we were going to talk about we, so much. Short we've, stories, we've, book buying. Yeah, we've, we've, there's going to be cool. a part two in 2021, I feel. <laughs> um, but for now, I shall leave you in peace. Um, thank you so, so much for having me it's, so no, good to talk to you. it's been a fantastic chat honestly thank you so much um, just quickly before I uh, leave you in peace well obviously so I'm going to be it was fantastic thank you so much honestly I just feel like I'm a broken record saying thank you so much but honestly <laughs> I, I really appreciate it I love that I get to spend my evenings like this and getting to know you a little bit more um, but no seriously um, and um, I will obviously be liking commenting answering to your stories um, so we will obviously <laughs> stay in touch um and just until yes. you will obviously be saying in touch via instagram obviously. um but just enjoy the rest of your evening <laughs>